And welcome to Tell Me Your Story, New Paradigms for a New World. I'm Richard Dugan, your host. Hey, thanks for being here. We got a great program for you here, and we hope that you will stay tuned throughout the entire program. If you're listening to the radio version, especially on Wednesday at 9 a.m., then you better go to the podcast where you'll hear the entire interview. We hope that you will do just that. Uh, it could run, I don't know, could be an hour, 55, an hour and a half, three hours. I don't know. It just depends on how long we decide to go. Uh, but what we're going to do is we're going to find out what it means to feel better. Uh, but... Um, we're going to do it uh, in, oh, let's see, my clock says five minutes. We'll feel better in five minutes. That's right. Unrealistic? I don't know. We'll find out. My guest is Amanda, uh, and it is Hainline, and she is joining us all the way from, where are you, Amanda? I'm in Austin, Texas. Austin, Texas. All right. Well, very good. Uh, I look like I'm in Texas, but uh, what are you going to do? Feel better in five minutes? Seriously? Now, I have heard it said that one way to feel better is, and this was the phrase that was used, just change the channel. Not necessarily because you're watching TV, listening to the radio, but because your mind is focused in a particular perspective on whatever, and that's causing you to feel the way that you feel. So change the emotional channel. Is that kind of along the lines of what we're talking about here today? A little bit. A okay. little bit. That's definitely a component of it. But what I found is it's usually a little bit deeper than that. Ah. Um, and what I like to talk about is, um, you know, things from an energetic perspective, um, from your energy system perspective, because that's the, my background. And um, that's what where my knowledge base lies. And of course, it brings psychology into it and, you know, uh, shifting perspective. But it's, it's definitely a lot of times has to do with all of the, you know, the negative emotions, the, the negative energy that we carry around from our experiences throughout our lifetime. So sometimes it's easy to change the channel. And sometimes it's not so easy to change the channel right away. Um, so, but I found that when you start with the energetic base of things versus just the psychological base of things and trying to kind of force your mind to do something that, you know, it's stuck in a different place. Um, sometimes the mind shifts a little bit easier. So mm -hmm. that's really my focus in my book is, is really starting in a different place other than just dealing with your emotions. Your emotions is more kind of the, I say the red flag, but the, the indicator that something is amiss, if you're having depression or anxiety or, you know, stress, that kind of stuff, you know, it, it's, um, if you keep going back to that emotion over and over again, you feel like you're on a hamster wheel with it. It really is one of those things that, um, you know, starting in a different place from an energetic perspective can really be helpful in, um, in shifting that quickly. Well, I know that um, <clears throat> we're always looking, especially in America, we're always looking for the quick fix. And <clears throat> there is a part of that feel when you say, you know, feel better in five minutes, the quick fix. Usually, though, usually, though it's you're popping a pill and feel better in five minutes, uh, as uh, it is stated here, is an easy and easy to follow guide. 
with the vivid stories, which we will talk about, that you, the listener, you, the viewer who are watching on YouTube can relate to, and it brings energetic principles that you just spoke about, Amanda, down to earth uh, that you can apply. Uh, you can apply them in your life right now and with confidence. And we encourage people to go to your website as well. And uh, we, uh, by the way, will be linked to the website, which is Amanda. Hainline.com, and that last name is spelled H-A-I-N-L-I-N-E, <clears throat> AmandaHainline.com. Um, how did you come up with this, uh, you know, uh, and, and any particular reason why it's five minutes? I mean, is it just kind of a, a reasonable amount of time, or is that just what the, time, the length of time it took? Well, um, you know, these, these um, techniques were developed over the years, over the last 15 years um, by me and my, you know, my spirit guides and angels that I work with on a regular basis, because uh, I am an intuitive healer. I'm an audiovoyant, clairvoyant, you know, basically psychic as well as a healer. So, um, you know, what I know about myself and society at large, as you highlighted is, you know, we're a little bit impatient. We want something now. We want something that helps <laughs> rather quickly, but we also know that if we've done things quickly for any amount of time, a lot of times it's just a bandaid. And so with these techniques, the goal is that you feel better quickly and you get to dig deeper at the same time with a little bit of extra intention set on the technique. So over time, you're actually getting to the deeper stuff without necessarily having to dig in and spend an hour, you know, um, in, in meditation or working on yourself. You know, you can do this in little bitty chunks. You know, it's, it's kind of like, uh, the Tabata workout of energy work, you know, it's it, Tabata <laughs> workouts are really quick, right? They're like four minutes long. So the idea was that, um, these techniques all take five minutes or less. Usually once you get the hang of it, actually, you can do these very, very quickly, 30 seconds to a minute, you know, once you kind of get, get, get it down. So uh, five minutes is a very reasonable time to be able to feel an energetic shift in your body, uh, relaxation in your physical body, relaxation in your mind, uh, regaining focus in your mind whenever you do these techniques. So, so yeah, it's a reasonable amount of time. And, and the goal was definitely to help people be able to tell a difference fast because, you know, we just don't have a lot of time in our society, in our lives to, uh, to work on ourselves. Unfortunately, you know, it'd be great if we had all the hours of the day, but we don't. So that's the focus. Now you have 79 techniques. How are these broken down? Are there, are, are these set up in separate categories or is there a particular one for, um, I don't know, 79 different situations? Tell us about how this was created. So the way it was created, um, when I set out to do this, I didn't have a set number in mind, uh, but I knew that there were different categories of techniques that I wanted to highlight. And as you go through the book, the techniques kind of build on each other. You can flip to any page in the book and do the technique. 
Um, it's simple enough to follow if you just, you know, flip to page, you know, 200, for instance, I don't know what's on page 200, but for instance, you know, if you just want to flip to page 200 and say, okay, I'm going to do this technique, you can do it, no problem. But the book is built so that you kind of learn as you go, you're, you're being able to tell a difference as you go. And it starts with very simple technique of just releasing uh, the emotion, setting the intention, understanding you're separate from your emotions. That's a big one uh, that people don't understand a lot of times, you know, you aren't your emotions, you know, because we go around and say, well, that's just who I am. I'm just an anxious person. I'm just depressed. And the I am, you know, it really wraps up in our identity. And so teaching people to start separating that to begin with, that's kind of step one, you know, saying you are separate from your emotions. You're just experiencing that and it's supposed to move through you. You're not supposed to hold on to it and make it your identity. So that's kind of the first step, but um, they are broken down into kind of categories. Uh, first couple of chapters talk about just kind of the basis, the premise of energy and how it's related to your emotions and all of that. And then chapter three is the assessment. And then it moves on to setting intention, working with color in the uh, techniques. It goes into um, working with your physical organs, understanding the correlation between your physical organs and your emotions and your energy system. And then it goes into grounding and journaling and, and other, other things. And, and towards the end of the book, it really is, you know, some protocols that, you know, if you have repressed anchor, for instance, there's a protocol for that. And it's the techniques that are found earlier in the book. Cause what I found was when I was passing this out to people, they loved, you know, the techniques and they loved how many different ways there were to release energy in the book and, you know, change your emotions and feel better quickly. But sometimes they were like, well, can you just give me a set of these that work for, you know, X, Y, Z. So that's, that's what one of the chapters is. It's just kind of a protocol that people can, put to, that are put together for, for someone that is having these, these particular issues. Um, and then there's a chapter just focused on, well, if you want to make your own set of techniques, how do you do that? You know, how do you determine which ones, uh, could possibly, uh, help you the best? So, um, so it's just, it's broken down and definitely into different categories. I tried to uh, make it to where you could flip to the end of a chapter and get the techniques all in one place if you want to. Um, and then just the general technique or the general idea of the entire chapter is highlighted at the end of the chapter as well. So, because people, like I said, they, you know, you don't have a lot of time these days and it's easy to have something that's really more of a reference manual um, rather than something you have to read cover to cover to get anything out of it. So that was mm. the idea. Well, it's a very, very interesting uh, work that you've done here. Again, feeling better in five minutes. In a, it's an empowering guide to gain control over your emotions. And, of course, we're talking about uh, the whole energetic aspect of who and what we are. And we hope that you will continue listening to Tell Me Your Story, New Paradigms for a New World. I'm Richard Dugan, your host, and we are uh, here with Amanda Hainline. And uh, that is the website that we are going to be linked to, amandahainline.com. And uh, talking, of course, about the book, <clears throat> Feel Better in Five Minutes. And one of the, the things that have certainly, I mean, you, you just addressed it actually in terms of uh, uh, what we uh, tend to do in our lives these days is, again, it's like, I want patience and I want it now kind of thing. <laughs> 
Uh, and again, as you mentioned, as we mentioned, there are 79 techniques in this book. So again, very easy to follow. And uh, as you said, you can open the book up pretty much to any one of them and just begin to uh, experience that emotional freedom as well as an abundant life. Uh, it can be yours and it takes it takes five minutes. You know, that's interesting because when we talk about uh, the decade of perfect vision, Amanda, we talk about people taking time to go within, to spend time uh, with that still small voice, that uh, intuition, if you will, in that quiet, peaceful, calm space. And one of our guests said, you know, even if you just took 60 seconds, 60 seconds. Um, so even five minutes is uh, now if it were. 60 seconds or five minutes on the radio or in a podcast or video cast, that goes on forever. But five minutes goes by really fast. It does go by really fast. And like I said, you know, when you're starting out with the techniques and you're just like when you're learning anything new, it's going to take a little bit more time. So five minutes was just kind of an easy benchmark. But, mm -hmm. you know, I do say in the book, once you get this down, you know, a lot of these you can do. And I mean, I, I myself can do them in 15 to 20 seconds, you know, but I've been doing them a while. Mm -hmm. um, but um, learning how to feel through it, trust your intuition. That's that's a big thing that I talk about in the book and going within huge. That's a huge piece of, of, of doing this internal work, because the more you, you do a deep dive, you can, what you can do with these techniques as well, you know, the more you learn about yourself and the more accepting you get of the things you've been through and kind of understand that, you know, your actions and your choices and all those things are coming from, you know, really your past and, uh, and you're making decisions from, from a different perspective than you might have if you hadn't had those traumas and, and things happen in your life. So, so what this does is start to really unravel that and get your mind in a new place so you can see new possibilities. Um, but doing, you know, you can do these exercises, these techniques pretty quickly um, once you learn. So it's, it's pretty awesome to, to see people go through them and start to feel empowered and not debilitated by things they've been through. And that's what, another purpose of the book. Well, now you mentioned earlier that you are, um, you said clairvoyant and so forth. Uh, of course, the broader perspective would be, I guess, an intuitive or medium or psychic, if you will. Right. How, when did that happen? When did you come to that realization? Well, um, I was about 30 years old um, and I was very depressed. I was um, just a suburban mom raising two kids. Uh, they were two, I think two and two and four, two and five at the time. And um, a friend recommended that I go to an energy healer because I was really struggling in my life. And I didn't really know what that was, but I decided to go ahead and go because I thought, well, you know, if it'll help, I'm, I'm game. Um, so I went to one session, felt much better after that session, uh, decided to keep going on that as a track. Cause I thought, well, this is, you know, I, I like this better than, you know, taking medication or, or doing something else that just didn't feel right, uh, for me. So I went back for a second session and, um, the healer told me that all of my chakras wanted to open at once. And I didn't know what a chakra was. I didn't have the background in that at all, which, you know, chakras are energy centers that run down the middle of your body in your energy system, which I wasn't really even familiar with the energy system at the time. I knew nothing about any of this. And, um, she started tapping on me to move energy in my body. 
And I started feeling like I was burning from the inside out. My whole body tensed up. I was screaming. It was, it was really horrifying, (laughs) honestly. And, um, I was told afterwards that all my chakras had opened and that they would balance and close and my life would go back to normal. And that's not what happened. I started hearing voices. I started seeing things that other people couldn't see. I was having nightmares. I was having PTSD episodes from all of the traumas that I had as a child coming back up, just bubbling up. I couldn't control them. And Uh, So I just kept going back to healers because that was the only thing that would give me any relief. It was the only place that I could get answers because I didn't have a name for what had happened to me at the time. Um, So that went on for about six months. And then one day I was doing laundry and three giant angels showed up in my living room in my uh, sand in front of my bar. And I was like, I've been accustomed to these things showing up in my house. And I was like, what do you want now? Like I'm busy today. I'm trying to do laundry. You know, (laughs) I'm having, I'm having a day where I actually feel good enough to do things around the house, which was rare. And so um, they said, well, we're going to teach you how to heal people. And I'm like, Oh no, you have the wrong house. Like, this is not, this is not going to work for me because I'm busy. I'm raising two little kids. I'm in a tough marriage. You know, I'm, I'm stressed. My They're like, no, no, this is what, this is what's going to happen right now. And so people started showing up in my life um, for me to do this work with Um, friends, 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 family, different people uh, started needing help. And my, my guides were telling me, my angels that were working with me were telling me like, this is your job. Like, this is, this is why you're here. So you need to do this work. And they taught me, it was a on the job training really with, with that, when I'm in an energy, uh, energy, uh, you know, a session with somebody when I'm in their energy field and, and I'm being told, you know, what to do next. And, um, it, it's just, it's been fascinating. That was about 15 years ago. So, um, I've been doing that work ever since. I've understood from many of my guests that it is something that we all have innately within us, but it's just that we haven't either a maybe been called, uh, or B we just haven't practiced it. Right. Yes, I would agree with that. I would agree with that. You know, some of us are meant to come here and, you know, have this kind of experience that I had or something in between, you know, and they're they're seeking that enlightenment. They're seeking that spiritual guidance and and, you know, they're meditating and doing all of those things because they feel like that's part of their path, which is fantastic. And um, we just kind of we get we get to you know, different places to varying degrees. It's just like, if you lined up a hundred people and they started playing baseball, there's probably one or two that are phenomenal at what they're doing. Right. It's not that everybody can't hit the ball, but it's just, it's just one of those things that, you know, we open up to varying degrees over our lifetime and it definitely can be learned, you know, if it's something that you're called to pursue. And I tell people, you know, if you're called to pursue something like that, then pursue it, you know, see where it goes. You never know. Yeah. We're talking with Amanda Hayline, and we're talking, of course, about uh, the work that she does, as well as the book that she has uh, out right now called uh, Feel Better in Five Minutes. And one of the things I wanted to ask you about as we continue here is, is in terms of, you know, you, you, you know I, I sort of brought up the, the whole emotional thing, but it's more than that. And again, I know as well as anybody else that you cannot compartmentalize the human experience. It's not all physical. It's not all mental. It's not all emotional. It's not all spiritual. It's 
it's a mixture and it's all it's constantly changing and I'd like to uh, look at that a little bit more in that conglomeration as we continue here on tell me your story new paradigms for a new world where we're giving you choices and knowledge of those choices to help make your dreams come true we're here today with uh, Amanda uh, Hayline, and we're talking about, of course, her book, uh, which is entitled uh, Feel Better in Five Minutes. And obviously that first word, feel, feel has to do with emotions. Oh, well, at least it could, or it could have to do with, you know, uh, one of the senses, you know, touching and so forth. Uh, but um, we're not just a feeling. And, and uh, yeah, you hear the phrase, I'm a spiritual being having a physical experience or a human experience or whatever. Uh, and we also have an intellect. And I'm wondering how all of that, uh, in, in the process of any one of those 79 techniques, is, is, is sort of uh, put in balance. Maybe that's the best way to put it, is trying to keep it all more balanced so that one is not necessarily running my life all the frickin' time. <laughs> Exactly. No, I couldn't agree more with you on that because I do think a lot of people get down one track and say, well, it's all this, you know, it's all spiritual or it's all emotional. You know, you have to adjust the psychology or, oh, you just, you need to go to the doctor. You need to work out. You need to eat right, you know, kind of thing. And, and what I talk about in the book, the analogy I use is that the body, mind, spirit, you know, I, I, I kind of roll my eyes when I hear that. Cause I'm like, I think it's overused, you know, um, people don't really understand what that means, um, on, on kind of an energetic level compared to the emotional and physical. So, um, I use the analogy of a sandwich in my, in my book. And I say, you know, there's, there's three layers to the sandwich, body, mind, spirit. And the bottom one is spirit and your energy system. It's really the core of everything. The emotions are, you know, the middle of the sandwich It's kind of like when you have a sandwich, you say, you know, you don't say, oh, I had, you know, and you talk about the bread. I mean, in, unless you eat gluten-free bread like me, and then you get really excited when it's good. But, um, you know, I mean, you, you talk about the middle of the sandwich, what's on it? Oh, you've got, you know, salami and pastrami and lettuce and, you know, arugula, whatever you have, mm -hmm. right. That's what you talk about. Um, and then the top, the top one is, you know, what you see when you just look at the sandwich, that's your physical body. Right. So, um, the middle of the sandwich is really where people focus. And that's really where the emotions show up. You know, people don't walk around and say, oh, my aura has a hole in it. And I'm, I'm so sad, you know, I mean, it's like, no, I mean, the, the energetic disruptions happen first and then it trickles down to the emotional, you know, and then it trickles down to the, to the physical. And so it's kind of related in this, in this, um, you know, cascading pattern. And um, what I've seen in people a lot of times is they will have things show up in their, um, in their energetic fields before the actual event occurs, like a trauma. You know, I've seen people with like energetically, their finger will be missing, you know, and I'm like, oh, we need to work on that because, you know, the energy is missing for that. You could lose that finger. It's really interesting how these things cascade down, but, you know, the finger has to do with something emotional they're going through it. Like everything's related. It's really interesting how all that works. So, you know, to say that it's all, you know, energy is, you know, yeah, while that may be the root of everything, you have to address these other components. You can't just, just address one thing. So it, it's definitely all very intricately related. And it's, it's important for people to understand that. I think we miss the energy part a lot of times, you know, if we're just 
working out and eating right, it's fantastic. Um, you know, even if, even if you're meditating, a lot of times you, you use meditation as kind of a drug because you say, oh, well, you know, I'm super stressed out unless I meditate. And it's like, okay, well, why are you stressed out to begin with? Where is the root of that? You know, not that meditation is not fantastic, um, for a lot of things for calming us and, you know, giving us introspection and all that, but if you're using it in that way, it really is something that you need to look at deeper pieces. You know, that's interesting uh, because we've, we've had a number of people on this program over the years talking about meditation and uh, what I started learning about it uh, was, okay, you had to do this, you had to do that, you had to clear your mind, you had to tell your mind to shut up, stay away, and stop doing what it's doing, you had to sit in a particular position, and da-da-da-da-da, and that the goal, the goal of meditation was whatever it was. And over the years, I have learned, though I am not a, a practicing meditator, <laughs> I take the uh, I take the perspective of uh, <laughs> Teresa of Avila that God is amongst the pots and the pans, or in my case, the circuits and the digits. Uh, and um, this is where I find my equilibrium, my peace, my calm. Mm -hmm. And I found out that. The goal of meditation is that, guess what? There is no goal. Right. It's kind of like uh, the Buddha. Finally, uh, uh, you know, uh, uh, Siddhartha sits down at the Bodhi tree and he's like, ah, I give up. I'm, I'm tired of looking for enlightenment. Oh, that's it. And as soon as he stopped looking, he found it. So yes. that to me is what meditation is about and it can take on you know any form you want there are almost 8 billion people so there are over 8 billion different ways to meditate yes I could not agree more with that um I you know I have a story in the book talking about um I I say you know there's no right way to do energy work. I mean, there's some basic principles, but, sure. um, you know, I, I visited this woman and, and she was telling me, Oh, it has to be this way. It has to be that way. She had been trained. And there was another woman there that was like, you know, I, they, these were, you know, new people in my life and I didn't think anything of it, but the, the woman, the other woman that was there, that wasn't the, uh, the teacher that was leading the meditation. She was, she was a uh, new friend of mine and she goes, well, I can't, she goes, I can't clear my mind. I can't, you know, that's, that doesn't work for me. And she's like, oh, well, that's the only way you can open your chakras and balance yourself. And I'm like, no, that's, that's actually not true. That's actually not true at all. Um, you know, and I saw a vision of her running in my mind and I said, do you run? And she goes, yes, that's the only time my mind is clear. I said, that's your meditation. Then I said, you can start working on those other ways to meditate, but that is your, that's where you find peace. Then that is your form of meditation, you know, and there's nothing wrong with that. Everyone has a different form of meditation, whether that's walking in nature or writing or playing a violin, or like if I tried to pay a, play a violin and get peace, I, I would be sorely disappointed. Um, but, you know, for a lot of people, they have their own Zen space. And for you, it's, you know, uh, um, among the the elements of like digits and, and chords, like you said, you know, it's like, I, that is definitely not my Zen space. Um, but but it, it, everyone is different and everyone is wired differently. And I think really respecting 
how you find your peace is huge. I mean, it's, it's, it's definitely something there's not one way to do this stuff. Everyone's, everyone's different. So I think that's great that you've come to that realization. And let me also explain that I am not on social media. Okay. I do not have my phone in my hand 24 seven. I do not check my email every three seconds. I don't do any of that. What I am referring to is number one, what you and I are doing right here. That is where I find it. It's also my therapy. Okay. This is my therapy. Uh, uh, and I love it. I love it. It's, it's a lot of fun, but, uh, also doing, uh, doing production, doing editing, um, whether it is conducting interviews, whether it is producing, producing programs or commercials or, uh, what I used to do many years ago, radio theater. Um, now I edit videos, which I didn't do before until a couple of years ago. I just, but then there's another part too, where if I wasn't here, I would be home and home happens to be in a rather rural part of Santa Barbara County where I currently have a pile of wood that I need to split. And I was out there last night. I was actually gathering some smaller pieces because we started, had a little fire in the fireplace last night, but I know I need to go out there and I need to split some of that wood so that we're ready for the winter, you know, and I just, I love being outside. And I love being in the area where we live. We have a, a lot of animals that 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 uh, meander around the property that we live on. Wild animals, you know. We've had we have a, a deer, and we've had we have actually had a bear or two. Um, wow. All kinds of different birds, from crows to uh, blue jays. I think my wife calls them skylarks. Um, uh, and rodents, we have chickens that are sequestered because they're protected from their predators. Uh, and, and, but I just, I love being out in it. And that's another form of meditation for me. Um, but everybody has to find their own space, right? They do. Everyone has to find their own space and it looks different for every single person. So, um, it's, you know, I think a lot of times people judge themselves for their, for, for what that space is or other people judge them for what that space is. I mean, I've heard people say it's making pottery or like, I love being outside. That's my zone space. Honestly, you know, I love being outside. I love being in nature. That's, that's where I gain my balance back Mm -hmm. when I feel out of whack, you know? So I can totally relate to what you're saying. Um, and, and it's, it's something different for everybody. So, um, I think that's, that's important for people to understand, you know, and it's whatever that is for you, it is for you, you know, and sometimes over your lifetime that changes, you know, it, and that's okay too, you know, as you grow and change. Well, I was born and raised in Phoenix, Arizona, a rather non-rural area, uh, very much in the middle of the city. And, uh, uh, you know, and it was nice. I, I think back on my childhood and growing up and how different it, it was then than it would be now for a lot of people because there's a lot more concrete and asphalt and it's a lot hotter, which is why I'm not there anymore. That's why I, one of the reasons, my main reason I moved. I didn't like the heat. I mean, you know, I know people who do, but and that's fine. More power to them. Um, but uh, like you say, it changes. And, um, and I remember uh, many, many Friday nights and Saturday nights we would make tents in the backyard to my mother's consternation with these Indian blankets that she had. Uh, and, <laughs> and we would make tents, you know, little pup tents, you know, and sleep outside under the stars or under the trees, what have you. 
<clears throat> and um, really enjoyed that. Didn't care much for the mosquitoes, but that's another story. And it's unfortunate that that doesn't exist there anymore, at least not as far as I can tell. I've been back to Phoenix a few times, and it's just not the same. Uh, but it's like you say, everybody has to find their own place, and it may change from place to place and time to time, as we, especially as we get older, uh, you know. And I'm now, I'm 61, and I'm, you know, I'm in, and quite honestly having the time of my life, as I am having my the time of my life here with Amanda Hainline. <clears throat> Amanda Hainline is my guest. Her book is Feel Better in Five Minutes. This is Tell Me Your Story, New Paradigms for a New World. We are giving you choices and knowledge of those choices to help make your dreams come true. How long does it take you to feel better? An hour and a half, you got to take a pill, you got to meditate, you've got to do some yoga. And again, no criticism or judgment on whatever method you choose. I understand that. But maybe you could find a, a better and faster way through Feel Better uh, in Five Minutes uh, from Amanda Hainline. Uh, Amanda, let me ask you, how and why did you come up with this concept of feeling better in five minutes? Well, the book itself really started out of the pandemic. I was um, on social media, you know, I do that a um, few times a day. And I was noticing that people were really starting to say uh, last March, you know, when COVID just hit and no one knew what it was or what caused it or how it was transmitted or, or any of that. And everyone was really scared. They were feeling stressed. They were, they were feeling fearful and they weren't even feeling necessarily, they were feeling their own fear and anxiety and stress, but they were also feeling it just in the atmosphere around them. And they said, I can't shut it off. You know, I can't shake this feeling of what to do. And so I wrote a small thing and um, put it on my website called um, um, Empath Take Back Your Power. And as I was writing it, I kept going, gosh, this, I want to add this and I want to add that to it. And it was just a little, like, I think it's five or six pages, something like that. And I thought, oh, maybe this is a book. And I've been wanting to write a book and it just hadn't quite come together. I had put uh, client stories down on paper about four years before that, um, but I just didn't have the other pieces to go and then I started thinking about all the techniques that I've used over the years for myself, for my family, for clients. Um, and I started writing them down and then categorized them and really put the stories to them so that people could have a way to relate because that's the biggest thing. That's the most powerful thing, you know, is stories. And people need to be able to see themselves in these techniques, see that, you know, the results are something that you can get to fairly quickly. And so that was, that was the goal of the book is that, um, you know, you just, you're just able to pick, pick it up and do something fast. So that's, but it really was born out of the pandemic. So as an introvert, I loved the alone time. And I said, okay, great. I'm locked in my house. No one's really contacting me. It's perfect. You know? And uh, I sat down and it took me, I thought it was going to take me three months and it took me hmm, a little over a year to write the whole thing. It ended up being a lot longer than I intended. Um, but I think, I think it turned out pretty well. So I'm, I'm really excited to share it with everybody. And um, it's, it's been a fun journey. 
Now, how about your family and your friends around you? How have they responded to this particular, um, shall we say, branch of your uh, of your oh metaphysical or spiritual tree? Well, that's interesting question because you know I was raised Southern Baptist, um, but when that it's it's kind of loosely because you know my mom worked in the church my my dad worked in the church my sister worked in the church but it wasn't something that was like highly impressive on me at home it was just kind of in my environment that's where i went for social things you know and all of that so really my background was was that and really what i'm doing now was kind of teased and made fun of um, when I was growing up, you know, it was always like, oh, those crazy people, you know, that think, you know, everybody's one and all this kind of stuff, you know, it was like <laughs> joggers and oh, all that stuff's woo woo. And, mm-hmm. you know, those people are nuts. And uh, I even played a part in a, a church play when I was, I think I was 14 or 15 years old, making fun of exactly what I do now. So that's kind of the irony <laughs> of my life. Um, and I walked in and I said, I want that part, you know, and I got it. So, so it's, I, I laugh about that. Now. I think it's pretty funny, but um, in general, people have been um, pretty receptive, you know, friends around me. I don't have a lot of friends from before um, I had my awakening, most of them have been since then. But my family, you know, at first they really didn't know what to make of it. I didn't know what to make of it. And I didn't share a lot of things with them because they didn't have an understanding for it. And I had very little understanding for what I was going through. So being able to articulate it um, was a little difficult, you know, and, um, but, but I didn't have any of my family members, um, you know, reject me or shun me or anything like that. So I was very, very lucky in that respect because I know a lot of healers that have had that happen, which is heartbreaking um, when when that when that happens. Um, but you know, it's all part of our path and our journey. And you know, it really does make you stronger because you come more upon a self reliance and and a reassurance in yourself, you know, you just keep going back to the center of yourself and into your core and saying, well, who am I as a person, regardless of what anyone else thinks. And that's not always easy to do, but I was, I was pretty fortunate in that my family, even though they just kind of look at me and go, well, I don't know what you're talking about, you know, <laughs> we still love you and it doesn't matter, you know, kind of thing. So, so that was, that was kind of my experience with it, which was good. Well, I, I find it interesting, too, because <clears throat> I was born and raised a Catholic, <clears throat> and so to you I say, forgive me, Father, for I have sinned. Uh, <laughs> um, it's one of those things that um, uh, I, I, I was introduced to it, the, 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 the whole aspect of uh, intuitive Ness, if you will, the medium, the psychic, the intuitive, the clairvoyant, the clairaudient, uh, the clairsentient, I believe it is, uh, among other things. Uh, even took a class in, um, oh my gosh, what was the name of the class now? I can't remember. Basically, basically what we did was we were given these envelopes. In the envelope was a picture. We were to scan the picture, okay, with our hand. Mm-hmm. And we were to give our first impression of what that was inside the envelope. And I was pretty darn accurate most of the time. 
awesome. I didn't didn't lay a lot of money down on it in terms of okay, I'm this is going to become my career, or anything of this mm-hmm. nature. But what it told me was again, as we said earlier, everybody has these abilities innately within them. I happen to uh, just happen to be a Reiki master. I uh, went through that course, finding out that um, it's not me. I'm just a conduit. Uh, I'm just fine. I'd rather it not be me. I would rather be the conduit. Uh, And, um, you know, of late, I've been using it a lot because there have been some situations I've been sending that energy to and saying, please just, you know, do something else. You know, uh, you know, it's like I have no expectations. I know what I'd like to have happen, but I can't. That's not what the energy is for. It's not I don't control it. That's the whole point of being a conduit. You don't control it. It just goes through me and out it goes. And that's one of the things, too, that I'd like to talk to you a little bit about in terms of how you talk and share and and interact with people in that regard as we continue here. On Tell Me Your Story, New Paradigms for a New World, Amanda Hainline is my guest. Her book, Feel Better in Five Minutes. This is Tell Me Your Story, New Paradigms for a New World. I'm Richard Dugan, your host, and I thank you for staying with us here on the program as we Come your way Sundays at 7 a.m. and 7 p.m., Monday mornings at 1 a.m. And our special edition on Wednesdays at 9 a.m. It is a shortened version, so you might want to go to the podcast uh, to listen to the entire interview. It could be, I don't know how long, uh, but we would encourage you to do that. Also, you can go to this podcasts on SoundCloud, iTunes, TuneIn Radio, Spotify, Stitcher, Player FM, Blueberry, iTunes, as well as iHeartRadio, Amazon Music. We're also on YouTube. You can watch these videos, and uh, we will also have uh, our guest's name as well as their website uh, up there on the screen. So you can then, can you know, while you're listening to or watching the program, you can go to their website and, and check out what they're doing and what they have available for you. So uh, you might want to do that. I want to ask you um, uh, about... Um, the interactions that you have with people. Now, uh, you know, there are lots of different ways in which a medium, I, I like, I don't know why I like using that word better than any other, uh, uh, shares their talent or uh, their ability. Mm-hmm. Um, some of them will actually open a shop. I mean, there are bookstores, metaphysical bookstores, where in the back there's a, a place cordoned off with a curtain, you know, and you go in there and they will give you a reading. They'll maybe use tarot cards. They may use crystals. They may use a myriad of different modalities as well as their own innate abilities. What is, what is the way in which you have found is for you most effective for those people who come to you um, to receive the, I'll put it this way, the information that you have to share with them? Well, um, I just use, um, the information that comes in. I don't, I don't use tarot cards normally. I don't use, um, crystals really in the, as far as receiving information, usually what I, what I focus on is just the conversation. So if someone usually comes in with a, with a specific thing that they want to talk about, right. I mean, we always wait till there's a problem or, you know, I want to know my job, my relationship, my lottery numbers, whatever, whatever it is. And, um, so people will come in and they will ask me questions about specific things. And 
I, I tell people what I'm guided to tell them. So that is to say that sometimes I will receive information that is just for me to know and not for me to share with the person. And that's always delineated whenever I'm uh, disseminating the information. So when I get information, the way it comes in is it'll come in through um, kind of just clear knowing it'll come in through guides. It'll come in through sometimes I'll see or talk to a person that's passed over, crossed over that this person knew, or it will come through uh, visions that I see in front of me, the clairvoyant or clairaudient. It's kind of, it's kind of like, I tell people, it's kind of like you have, I have a funnel on top of my head, you know, it's that crown shocker and everything just kind of comes through there. And I've learned how to interpret the information as far as what that information means. And then what I'm supposed to tell that person, I can, I can kind of feel that out. And um, my goal, I say my goal, the goal that really has been set forth by my guides that I understand um, and that I carry out is that the goal is not to just tell the person everything. The goal is to help the person see a different perspective so that they can come to their conclusions with that and really help to empower them to use their own intuition in a situation. For instance, I have people come to me all the time and say, oh, is you know, this guy I'm dating, is he the one? And uh, sometimes I hear absolutely not run, you know, and if I'm supposed to say that I will, but if, if I get that it's, that it's a toxic situation, if I get that it's not healthy for them and they have blind spots, they can't see that it's not healthy. What, what I'll tell them is, well, how does it make you feel, um, in conversation? How does it make you feel when you have, when you have an argument, like what are the dynamics around that and kind of getting their mind in a place of looking for, not necessarily like looking for all the red flags, but kind of getting them understanding that, Hey, maybe there's some traumas that you have that are, that are causing blind spots for you that you're, maybe you're not taking care of yourself the way that you need to in this situation. Maybe you need to start looking at this a different way. And if you're feeling like this isn't right for you, you know, you're, there's going to come a point where you're going to know that you need to move on, or it could be that, you go through healing with this person and they're healing and you're healing and you come to a really good place, you know, but I usually tell the parent, well, you'll know in three months or you'll know in six months or, you know, next week, something's going to happen. That's really going to give you clarity rather than saying, absolutely not. You need to get out of there unless, you know, that, that I'm supposed to tell that person that. So it's, it's very much an empowering conversation versus something that I just tell them it's black or white. This is what's going to happen. This isn't what's going to happen. Because honestly, whenever you do a reading for someone, it's a snapshot. So whatever the energy is laid out for in that moment is what the answer is going to be right then. It Sometimes the information you give that person is meant to actually lead them in a different direction. It's not necessarily the absolute truth at that moment. And I think that's what a lot of people don't understand with readings. They say, well, you told me this was going to happen on this day and it didn't happen. It's like, well, you know, the energy shifted, something changed. And so therefore the answer changed, the outcome changed. And that doesn't mean that the, that the person getting the information that was giving it to you was incorrect necessarily. It's just not always meant to 
um, manifest the way that we think it's going to manifest. I mean, mm-hmm. that happens for me all the time. You know, people say, Oh, you're, you're psychic. You know, you must have all the answers in your life. Your life must be so easy. And I'm like, well, no, you know, because <laughs> I, the information I get is meant to lead me in different directions as well. Mm-hmm. You know? So, so it's, it's important for people to understand when they get readings that that's the case. Um, when I'm doing energy work, it's like you said, you know, you're a conduit. Um, I I'm very aware that I'm not the one doing the work when, when I tell people, you know, I'm an intuitive healer. I really don't like that term. Although people know what it means when I say that, Mm -hmm. what I say is honestly, that's a misnomer because I'm not the one doing the healing. You're the one doing the healing. If I'm Mm -hmm. working with you, you're the one that is you're healing yourself. It's not me doing it. I'm bringing the energy through to your energy system so that the healing can take place and I can help you interpret it and understand it and all of that. But really it's a, it's up to your energy system and your body to do the healing. So um, I just try to help people understand that that's the case. And in that way, they're not looking to me for all of the answers, because honestly, I don't have the time um, to answer (laughs) every single question that they have, but getting them to trust their own intuition, because like you said, everybody has it. Everybody has this ability to heal, to interpret things for themselves, but we have these blind spots because we've had trauma in our lives. So that's what I try to do, you know, is really empower people to be their own guides as much as they possibly can. And what I also find very interesting as a Reiki, uh, Reiki master and understanding how that energy is, uh, is used, if you will, uh, also requires the question, uh, what is healing? Because, when we talk about using the energy and talk about being the conduit to, 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 uh, for that energy for uh, an individual's healing, quote unquote healing, I then have to relate the story of uh, my father's brother uh, who we sent an absentee healing to when we had been told that he had been diagnosed with cancer. And so we asked for a photograph and we did an absentee healing and... Um, a few weeks later, following the funeral of my uncle, uh, my mother told us the story of what happened. And she says, yeah, um, he got real angry one morning and he took his meds and threw them across the room, jumped in his wheelchair, wheeled across the compound where his family lived to his son's house, where he went inside. And I guess they might, uh, must have had a moment or a time of closure. And then shortly after that, he passed. Well, shoot, I, but we sent him an absentee healing for, for his healing. So now I'm sitting here going, and, and I do put this question out there, based upon that story, based upon knowing what a Reiki healer's job is, is function, her function, and I ask you that same question, based upon that, what's healing? Well, healing, I think, is it's different things, right? I mean, when we as humans think of healing, we think of, you know, I mean, your, your thought process was if we send healing, this certain thing will occur. Oh, no. Right? Not, now, bear in mind, I had no expectations. Right. Yeah, I know. And that's fair. But, um, but I know for myself, like mm-hmm. I, I have had times where I'm like, oh, you know, we'll do healing and then this will happen. You know, um, when I was first starting out, not completely understanding this and really 
healing the physical body a lot of times is not the soul's goal. You know, his soul's goal was to get that closure, to have that healing within his soul so that when he crossed over, he wasn't carrying that with him, you know, and that's what it accomplished, you know? Um, so it's healing when, you know, when a lot of people think of healing, Oh, hands-on healing, it means, you know, you have this injury or something and you, you send the energy and then it gets, then it gets better. You know, um, that's, that's not, that's not necessarily the soul's goal. I mean, sometimes it is in alignment with that. And sometimes it isn't, you know, and you have to, as a healer, I think really recognize that healing doesn't always look like what we think it's going to look like. Mm -hmm. It can look like lots of different things. Yeah. And it's hard to accept, you know, uh, when you first start out and you're doing this work because you really, you have a, you get into it because you have a passion to help people. You feel like you've been called to this purpose. And I remember the first time I had um, a session, I actually did it on a dog and this dog had cancer and the dog came in and the dog wouldn't stay still, but I, you know, um, energetically put his field in front of me and I worked on his field and he ran around the room and, and whined the entire time. I mean, he was just, he could feel everything I was doing. And they said, oh, the next day he got up and he was running around and he hadn't run around in forever because he had a mass at the base of his spine. And I thought, oh my gosh, you know, this is amazing. I can't believe it. And I've been doing this healing work like a year probably at that point. I thought, oh, I, I felt so good inside and, and all of this. And a month later, they were supposed to bring the dog back. And so they didn't show up for their session. And I mm. called them. I said, hey, you know, what's going on? You know, um, you were going to bring your dog in. She's like, oh, yeah, we put him down. And I was like, oh, what? Why didn't you bring him back? You're like, I was just, I was devastated. And I checked in with my guides and I was crying and I was so upset. And I said, I, I did healing on this dog. You know, I thought the dog was getting better. And they said, the dog did get better. And then it left. It was done with this, with this plane. And I was like, I don't understand, you know, and it took me a while to really come to the realization, what mm. healing meant for that animal, yeah. you know, um, it, it did get better. It did, was able to play with the ball again, and it was able to release that energy. It was carrying around from its family, uh, which was a huge gift to the dog and to the family. Um, and then the dog, uh, was ready to go. Yeah. And so, so having that realization as a healer, I think it's, it's a tough kind of lesson mm -hmm. that you have to go through when you're doing healing work, because it, it does devastate you when that stuff happens, but you have to not be attached to the outcome. Like you said, you know, that's the biggest thing is in healing, you know, you, you don't know what it's going to look like. I've done sessions on people that I, my first client was five minutes long. Um, and I thought, how could this possibly help her? I felt guilty asking her for payment, honestly, because I was like, Oh, this is like five minutes. And she got phenomenal results from that. It completely changed her relationship with her children, with her mother, with herself in regards to overextending herself. And you just, you never know as, as a healer, what that healing is going to manifest as. So it's, it's pretty, it's pretty awesome when, when you see the results of it, because you're just, you don't know. Exactly. Amanda Hainline is my guest. Her book is Feel Better in Five Minutes. This is Tell Me Your Story, New Paradigms for New World. I'm Richard Dugan, your host, and I thank you for staying with us. And Amanda, I want to thank you as we wrap up uh, for joining us here on the program, being part of Tell Me Your Story and sharing your story. Uh, I have three final questions for you that I like to ask my guests. Uh, you've probably addressed them to some degree during the interview, but I'd like to ask them directly. But again, my 
thanks to you for uh, being with us here today. Thanks for having me. It's been a pleasure. So the first of my three questions to you, number one, who is Amanda Hainline? Well, I am an intuitive healer that is here to bring the message to people that you have an energy system, you can use it to change your life. And it's something that everyone has the power to do. So that's at my core. That's, that's who I feel like I am. What is it that you hope to, or want to achieve through the work that you are doing now? I, again, I hope to bring that just knowledge and perspective to everyone that they are, they can be empowered to change their life. They don't have to sit in, um, where they're at, if they're not happy, they can, they can really change their lives through energy work and through empowering themselves and others around them to make a shift and move into uh, who they were meant to be. And finally, what is your life's purpose? My life's purpose is to empower others around me to bring light wherever there's darkness and help people understand that what resides within them is the ultimate really power of the universe to change the world the way they were meant to change the world, help people see a new perspective on their life and the lives around them so that they can live their purpose. Well, Amanda, again, thank you so much for joining us here on the program. It's been a great pleasure, and I thank you for uh, sharing your story once again. And I thank you for listening to and watching Tell Me Your Story, New Paradigms for a New World. We are giving you choices and knowledge of those choices to help make your dreams come true. Until our next broadcast, podcast, videocast, love to lol.